everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. Good good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to those listening. Whenever you may be listening to this podcast from wherever in the world you're listening to it, too. Um, one thing I like about the end of the year is that, you know, I get a chance to look back at the year. I get a chance to look back at the stats and the analytics, and the, and the analytics uh, which we, which I usually try to keep up with those as I'm podcasting throughout the year. But I like to look back at those and see the things that were a success, the things that were a failure, the things that could have been better, and things like that nature. You always have to go back and study the film. Remember that. And I would like to firstly and always, as I usually do, say a huge shout-out and thank you to each one of those that took the time out to listen. Uh, this podcast has grown um, exponentially throughout the year. And so that's what we're looking for, positive growth and continued growth and continued success. Um, does that look the same for everybody? It does not. But as long as we're trending in the correct direction, then we're doing something right. So I want to give you guys a huge shout out and thank you for taking the time out to listen to me ramble. Uh, take the time out of your day just to give a play, a listen, a like, share, comment, subscribe, things like that. Because those things are major, and that's what keeps this thing going and keeps me motivated to keep giving you fresh episodes, can, continues to let me be creative, and continues to give me the motivation to keep doing uh, something I love to do as a hobby, but just just to, just to do it and, and to give you guys that. So my gratitude goes out to each and every one of you listeners. Um, right now, like I said in the last in the previous episode, we we do have some announcements, but we don't really have any announcements to take care of right now that are to be made public just yet. But I want to go over a few topics with you guys today. We're going to jump right into the meat of it. Um, I want to go over Dion's loss in the Celebration Bowl. I want to talk about uh, players' performance uh, declining as we go throughout, the, uh, as we get towards the end of the football season and we start rounding it off. Uh, you see a couple players who start the year off hot, um, get mid to the midpoint of the season. They get a little bit uh, stagnant. And then towards the end point of the season, they really are no longer relevant or as dominant as they were. And that's, it's nothing wrong with that, but I do want to talk to you guys about that because I think that that can be something that can be um, great for our younger listeners uh, as well as, you know, our older listeners as, uh, as well. And then I want to lastly finish that off with talking about finishing strong and establishing ourselves within the new year. We do have a new year coming up, of course. That's obvious to everybody that's on this side and living uh, through the chronological time phase. Um, we are close to uh, about two weeks approaching and um, – you know, it's just time to, you know, everybody at this time of the year, they get focused. We get locked in, laser focused on what we want to do. And, you know, we we, we set those New Year's resolutions. But, you know, sometimes we, we uh, fail to, to deliver and come through on those and be consistent in those things as well. So with that, we'll jump right into it. And we're going to get right to this episode. And um, I will start with Jackson State's. I, I said Dion's loss. But Jackson State's loss uh, in the Celebration Bowl on yesterday, first of all, that was a great game. Um, I did not get a chance to watch that game live, but I did go back and watch it live uh, when I had time later. Um, so I didn't see it uh, in its true real-time form, but I did go back and watch that game. And I will say, first of all, to start with it, um, I think that game was probably – one of the most historic games that I can remember, and I mean my history is not is not as deep, but that I have seen, uh, and two HBCU teams play, uh, great back and forth match, a lot of gunslinging, a lot of ice in the veins, a lot of players stepping up, um, and what you see is you know, uh, Shador Sanders step up, 
and proved in in a way in a form that on a bigger stage that he he will be just fine. He will be all right. He will be ready, and I think that he will continue to improve and. Of course, in the offseason, you know, gain a little size, um, improving arm talent. I think he's going to be good. Right now, from a from a uh, an advantage point, an eye in the sky view, um, looking far, looking looking down on him. I think that he does possess great arm talent as far as accuracy. Um, there are throws that he can become stronger in as far as throwing down the seam, um, as far as throwing up the rail. Uh, but his accuracy, I, I would say that his accuracy will save him a lot, even without having the quote-unquote arm talent to always make the deep throw. And the deep throw will come, I think, with time. I think his development shows that he is uh, consistently working on that on, on his game. So I think that he will have a well-rounded game um, when, it all, when it's all said and done, especially transitioning to Colorado where he can play more competition, see more um, – more defenses, uh, so to speak, more talented defenses as well. So I think that those things round off. But he played a great game. Uh, Travis Hunter played a man mind blowing game. Uh, I I'm at this point after watching yesterday, I will say this. Um, and some of y'all may bite me, and we can have a conversation about it. But I'll say this: with Travis Hunter, I'm starting to like really. My brain is going towards which side of the ball is he better at, like. Not that you just want a player to be one-dimensional. I mean, he will be probably more than likely one-sided once he gets to the uh, if he gets if he's able to get to the professional ranks. But what I say, what I say right now is like, in as a college athlete, that man dominates both sides of the ball. He can lock down, cover, and then he can give you he can give you some spark and make some amazing plays from the receiver position on offense. I mean, his route running skills. He's athletic enough. No, I'm not saying they all tactician type routes, but he's he 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 runs great routes and he can run the tree. Um, and from a coaching standpoint, like if you know anything about the route tree, there are some receivers that can purely run go routes. That's just a straight down the field route, up the seam, up the rail, whatever. There are some receivers that can only run slants or your short stuff, like your slants, your arrows, um, shallow crosses. Things like that because they're good, at, you know, within the short game. But with Travis Hunter, what I'm saying is, not only was he able at in in the HBCU conference, so I can't talk about anybody else yet, just yet. But in HBCU, not only was he able to take the top off the defense, but he was also able to create space. He was also able to get the toes down uh, within a small window of space. But and that goes back to his quarterback being able to put it, put the ball in the correct in the correct spot that it's supposed to be in, and Man, it's just like that game he played yesterday. That's, that's historic right there. I mean, that goes down. That's what that's what legends, as we say, that's what legends are made of. And I mean, that game he played yesterday was just a complete and a total show of dominance. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, Jackson State did come up short uh, by the touchdown in overtime to tie it up and 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 give themselves a little life support to continue the game. And they ended up losing. And I talk about JSU more because I'm I live here in Mississippi, and so that I'm more connected to that than um than anywhere else. But they came up a little bit short. But it was a it was a great game, great showing for Coach Prime, a great way to go out. I know that many uh, many fans uh, were excited, uh, unrightfully so, for his downfall and demise to see him go out with a loss. 
uh, exiting that conference and going on to the next thing uh, at Colorado in Boulder. And so I I know I, I have my best wishes to him and his future. I hope that they continue to grow at Jackson State, continue to play well, and continue to recruit players who are um, mid to upper tier players to put a better product on the field. And I think I hope that that goes for more than just JSU. Um, I hope that other conferences, I mean, other teams within the conference, obviously, um, recruit better. And I hope that this shines a spotlight on HBCUs to allow them to continue to grow and continue to shine and and give that as an option for players to to come there and to see that, you know, I can, all right, once high school is over with, I can go to an HBCU and and play ball and play at a, 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 a high level and not just a decent level like I was about to say but I play at a high level and uh, just make that make that talent rich pool just richer um, and not go back to the days of old so that game like I said an epic game um, if you like if you are a football fan that's one of those games that excuse me it's decently high scoring but it's just one of those games it's like a battle and it's one of those uh, who makes the first mistake. It was one of those who makes the first mistake games. And so those are always great to watch. Unfortunately for JSU, they lost. But, you know, I hope that everybody has a great future. And um, I'm ready to see a lot of these kids on the next level. I'm ready to see a lot of these kids on the level of, of playing, you know, stouter competition week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? I want to see Travis play that competition. I want to see Shador play that competition. And a few others are going to be transferring. I want to see them play that competition and make it to the NFL because that's one of the things that they knock. Um, if you know anything about professional sports, that's one thing they will use to knock uh, knock kids. They use they, they they target the weaknesses whenever a kid goes to the professional ranks. Um, and so they'll say, "Oh, you didn't play, you know, you didn't play competition," or "Oh, you didn't, you're not smart enough because the competition you faced didn't give you a complex defense to see or things like that." So I'm excited. For these kids, I wish they could have finished it off and uh, and went out champions, which they are champions, and they come like went out overall champions, be the first undefeated team um, to do it and accomplish that. But you know, fate did not allow that. So that's that. Shout out to Coach Prime. Good luck to your future and all the players and things like that that are gonna take part. And even those, good luck to those that are entering the transfer portal. I talked about that on last week's or yeah, this past week's episode. And so we we that's where we are in that. Moving along to the next thing. One thing I will say, uh, after watching that game yesterday, and I'm gonna talk about some NFL guys with this as well, is watching that game yesterday. One thing I can say is that Travis Hunter, I'm gonna t- name that player uh out, and I know it's it's easy to name him because he has spotlight on him, and I'm gonna name a lot of spotlight guys or a couple of spotlight guys. With Travis Hunter, one thing that I have seen that has stood out to me, and this is more of my the trainer side of my brain and the trainer side of me, and I, it stood out and I respected it. The thing that stood out is this guy literally at the has played at the same level since the start of the season to the end of the season. And what I mean by that is his game hadn't had any drop-off. It hadn't been any Travis Hunter MIA games. Like, he hadn't gone missing for two or three games and then just popped back up or anything like that unless it was due to injury and he did not play or he was removed from the game. He has not had any games where he was not impactful. And when a player, when you have a player like that 
obviously that player is next level. But when you have a player like that that does not fall off in a contact collision sport, contact sport such as football, that means that player is doing all the things off the field that are correct as well. That means he's taking care of his body, um, whether that be getting chi the chirotherapy, uh, seeing a chiropractor, massage therapy, ice baths, hot, hot, hot treat, heat treatment, things like that. That player is taking care of his body. Um, even with the minor nicks and strains and, and bumps and bruises that you're going to get throughout a season, he is taking care of his body. He is keeping the training room a priority. He's keeping the film room a priority. He's keeping practice a priority. And on the game days, he's being rewarded. So that kid right there is a great example of performance, the performance curve not deviating much throughout the season. That which which I want to talk to you guys about like real quick. So a performance curve as a trainer, each kid when I was uh more way more active in training than I am now, um, each kid I would look at from basically like preseason, so maybe like your jamborees, things like that, from preseason to the first game to the last game. I would always see the trajectory and see, like, how is this player performing throughout the year? Now, it's taken me some time to look at this and and find a formula that works for me um, as far as looking at my player's performance because uh, initially I used to use numbers. So initially I would go by, like, let's say the first game of the season, a player gets 100 yards. Fifth game of the season, he's at 50 Last game of the season, he's at 30. Now, that's a good bell curve to use, but it's not definitive, right? Because there's so many other factors that you have to look at. Like, I had to look at, well, schematically, what was the player? Was he inserted into this week's game plan, or was he kind of a, a supporter of this week's game plan? Was he the focal point or not? Um, what injuries uh, took place? How how was the coverage? Um what did he, what did he, like basically what did he face throughout the year, which can give me a lot of asterisks within that bell curve, correct? But what I have to look at is, okay, well, in high school, there's really high school players and collegiate players, unless you got like certain high tech technologies that you can use on, on your, as an individual, like a trainer or like an individual coach, parent, player, whatever. Um, what I look at is, well, how, how good does this kid look coming in and out of his breaks from game one to the last game of the season? How fast uh, is this kid moving from game one to the end of the season? Um, how many little uh, soft tissue injuries are we getting through the beginning of the season to the end of the season? And what does this player look like from the start of the season to the end of the season? Now, if you got two different players by start to end, then of course, we've, we've hit a big drop-off, and a drop-off is naturally going to happen. We are going to, as a, and I'm saying this to players, as players, you should be from the start of the season, I'm gonna say, I'm, we're going to use a 10-game season, right? So from the start of the season to game five, there should be an upward trajectory. If I'm looking at this on a graph, on a chart, we should be going up, 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 and we get to game five, and either we have a slight drop-off or we are plateauing right there. 
Uh, but the end of the season, we are going to drop off. So somewhere between game uh, seven to ten, uh, or eight, se- I say seven to ten, that drop off is going to happen. Now within that drop off, what you don't want to see on the chart, you don't want to see a drastic drop off. So it's almost like the stock market crashing. You don't want to see that thing nosedive off. You want to see it go a couple ticks below and then plateau again. Uh, That means that you are doing what you need to do and you have finished the season in the correct way that you need to finish it. Now, going to what I was talking about with the soft tissue injuries, we are going to have rolled ankles. We're going to have hurt wrists, jammed fingers, um, you know, things like that. Maybe a strained hamstring, strained quad, hips, chest, things like that. You may have the the strains and maybe a little bit of tearing things like that that's okay but what i'm saying is if we're having major soft tissue injuries like hamstrings that set us out for a week uh quad injuries that set us down for a week high, uh, what ankle sprains that kind of just is dependent but you know little stuff like that um i use the hamstrings more more times not because that's more, more times where we where we're gonna be um having a lot of those injuries we'll, we'll say hamstrings and low back if we having those posterior chain issues, then either we're not strong, we didn't do enough strengthening within the offseason, uh, we may be lacking mobility somewhere, so we have muscles that are overcompensating, or we are not taking, guys, taking, taking care of ourselves in season. Now, I know for most kids, and we've had this conversation on previous podcasts, for most kids, it's hard to get the proper nutrition off the field because you're at the mercy, especially if you're in high school, you're at the mercy of your parents as far as what you eat. But to see the trainer, to do your prehab, your rehab, and and, and continue that through the season, that's stuff that you can do. You can make sure that you're getting your mobility every single day, depending on how serious you are about this. You can make sure that you're stretching, and I'm saying more stretching than just with the team because you got to hit – with the team, you just hitting the major stuff. You hitting the, maybe your calves. We never really stretch our calves muscle when I play ball. Uh, hamstrings, quads, hips a little bit, um, and low back. We we never did. We never stretched our chest, the pecs. We never stretched the shoulder. What worked on our shoulder mobility. Uh, never stretched the, the glutes, and that's not up to the team. Um, growing area because you're doing a lot of cutting. Got to make sure the growing is, is, is strength and it can move and be mobile and not just stiff as a board. So uh, that's the thing that, that I kind of look at with a soft tissue injury. So talking about soft tissue, talking about the performance and the speed, um, the speed is kind of, to me, pretty obvious to see. Um, especially with, I would say this, with smaller guys, it's easier to see than with larger guys. Because with smaller guys, it's the amount of hits, like everybody got a hit meter. So the amount of hits that he has to take, uh, will significantly slow a player down by the end of the season where he may have been getting contact at line of scrimmage uh, first game of the season and, and getting hit by two guys and, and bouncing off and taking that thing 80 yards. By the end, you get getting hit by two dudes, taking that thing, bouncing out, taking that thing 40 to 50. That's obvious that you don't have the same wheels. And I'm talking about everybody running the same, but you don't have the same wheels as you did at the beginning of the season. So that's pretty obvious. And so, like I said, going to that curve, it's just those are the things, and I, and I know I gave that after Travis, Travis Hunter. That's a long explanation, but that those are the things as a trainer that I look at. Um, so I will tell you another player in comparison to Travis Hunter that I kind of kept an eye on, 
and sparked more of my interest as the season has gone along is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, started the season off really, really, I'm talking about like scorching hot and on pace to probably be within the the naming of Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. Um, Micah started off the season um, kind of like he ended off last season where he was, you know, being a force on defense, causing havoc, sacking the quarterback, uh, disrupting a lot of plays, things that you want to see as a coach. But these last two to three weeks, so we're in week – so they are in week 15 now. So I say from week 11 up till – well, today will be week 15. So um, depending on what he does today, uh, we'll see. But from week 11 to a week to week 14, he has been non-existent. Now, I know some of that has to do with schematically how teams are scheming against him. But at this point, he is a non-factor on defense. Um, of course, he's not a very big guy. But this year, I think that coaches listen to a lot of the media. So they had him with his hand in the dirt more more times than they had him standing up. For those that watch football, that just means he plays more on the defensive line, like on the edge as an edge rusher, um, than he did as being that hybrid linebacker slash edge rusher type guy that really worked for worked well for him last year. So some of that may be like him just learning the scheme. Some of it may be him getting his his humble pie with putting his hand in the ground. But I will say this is that from where he started the season off to where he currently is, that bell curve has dropped dramatically. I'm not his trainer, but again, I'm looking from a vantage point, uh, pretty high looking down low on him. And so um, I'm like the eye in the sky, like the camera. So, I mean, from the start of the season to where he is now, you can definitely see um, he does not have the same explosives that he, explosiveness or even close to that explosiveness that he had at the beginning of the season. It looks like he's lagging, um, and the way he's kind of walking around, things like that, I, I don't know if it's an injury, but he's almost walking like one of those players where it seems like your body is too heavy for your performance, right? So where, like, you know, you may be bouncing around at the beginning of the season. It's kind of like this point in the year. You kind of just dragging like you like when you walk around, you got a, a baby grand piano or something on your back, and like uh, the speed is not there. He's not been able to get to the backfield and cause that havoc. And like I said, everybody has a hit meter, and if you're playing, let's say on defense, you playing thirty to forty snaps a game, uh, that does take a toll. Um, eventually, you know, you will run out of gas. But you know, for where he where he is in that defense, his impact he has to be better. And so that's something that has to be addressed in the offseason um, and something that, you know, you may have to tweak some things. You may have to add a workout here, take away a workout, uh, add some therapy here, take, uh, or, or do more uh, preventative exercises, more preventative therapy, things like that. Um, so that's something that has to be addressed because they haven't even made it to playoffs yet and the decline is already starting. And most of us that have been involved in sports and we know sports, uh, champions are championships. You got to have a little luck on your side one, but it's about the teams that can stay the healthiest uh, getting to that point, whether you're in peewee league, middle school, high school, college, or professional. It's about teams that can get healthy, uh, the teams that can stay healthy and, and make that run. Uh, a lot of people at this point of the year are dealing with injuries, and that's naturally going to happen. But, again, you got to you gotta look at that bell curve to say, well, when they come back, well, what does that look like? Uh, I think a, a good example of, you know, being injured, coming back, and not the drop-off not being that big of a deal uh, is Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, 
receiver with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. You look at him, uh, he had, a, uh, I think, a, I want to say this year he had like a fractured hip or something like that, like a little hairline fracture, things like that, happened week maybe six or seven, something like that. And he set out for like four to six weeks, came back, hey, it's like he never left, like riding a bike. Now, you can see that the endurance wasn't there, but, um, you know, the performance level was still still decently high. So that's a good example of, you know, getting an injury, sustaining an injury, coming back, and, and the drop-off not being – the bell curve not being that that deeper, that much deep than when you were performing. If anything, right now, he's at plateau. And with the last few weeks coming up, he has a chance to – because he had that rest period with the injury and things like that, he's able to um, trend upward one more time and take that into the playoffs, and they're going to need that because they have a couple of injuries at the receiver position. Now, with that, that drives us into our last topic, um, talking about finishing strong uh, for this year. Finishing strong and establishing and establishing ourselves within the new year. Um, one thing that, 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 you know, I'll talk to some of my friends about because of some projects that I've had in the past and some things that I've had on table for a while now, and that's just being transparent, is that, you know, I have to finish, you know. That's something that I'm charging myself with next year. It's just finishing um, a lot of things that I've started. It's not even about, you know, I know sometimes people think like, oh, I got to get in this new environment. I got to get this new car. I got to get this new whatever in order to in order to get in a position to finish. But, you know, I think sometimes we use that as, a, as an excuse to not um, be our best selves, to not operate at a high octane level, to not, uh, max out our potential and I think that you know some that uh, in some cases that is very valid but in a lot of cases we just have to be unlazy we have to get ourselves I don't know if that's a word but we have to make ourselves unlazy and so you just have to look at yourself and look at the goals that you have set before yourself and say well what's obtainable if you've been starting that or you've been debating and starting that podcast well what can I do to get that off the ground and get that started if you've been debating on starting that new business well what can i do to get that off the ground and get that started and it's about just starting and, and getting to the point of finishing now some things you will never finish i don't think there's a point in a business or a business model where you ever truly finish now you can get to the part where i got brick and mortar things like that but the day you finish is the day you get out that business the day you finish is the day that you that you sell that business the day you finish is it looks you, you get what I'm saying. It has a finality to it the day that you finish. So that's something that you never finish. But you need to get started and get out there, finish your planning, and then start getting out there and executing that plan. So you can start seeing what works, what doesn't work, what can I do differently here, what can I take away there, things like that. Because business is something that's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a chameleon. It's ever-changing, and you have to change with it. You have to adapt with it. Um I say the same thing with sports, the same thing for the, for our personal lives in the year. We all start out hot uh, from January to February, January, February to January to March, somewhere in there. All of us start out hot. We're hitting the gym. We're, uh, we get, got those diets dialed in. We're doing the things that we need to do. We're, we're patient. We're praying to God. If, if we, if we looking to have that spiritual, to go on that spiritual walk or to find, find him, we're doing those things. But then once we get to like, October and on and so forth, we get we get very complacent and we get very um very mediocre, so to speak. So we kind of put it on autopilot, cruise control, cruise control, 
and just ride that thing on out. And um, that works for some, but for most of us, it doesn't. And we look back, if you like me, you look back on the year and you take inventory of your life and you take inventory on what you did and you're like, man, well, if I would've just did this for about another month or so, I would've been all right. If I would've just stayed here, I would've been all right. And we just put ourselves in position to where things become a lot harder, a lot more complex because it's easy to move a stone when you already got momentum going to it. But it's harder to move that thing when I have to, when it stopped and I had to push it and get it started again. It gets harder and harder and harder. I will say this, it's, it's kind of like the gym. I love the gym, I really do. But I also, when it comes to my diet, it don't match. <laughs> like it just doesn't. My diet, um, can be a, can be a lot better and there are times where i dial it in i'm like oh i can see the results and i'm like all right cool and then you fall back off and then there are times where you know you like when you fall off then you're like oh man well if i would just stay dialed in for like another two months three months then i wouldn't even be, i wouldn't even have this problem today but that goes to like choosing your heart right so you have to choose what your heart is going to be will i be hard on myself to sacrifice this up uh, this next two months to lose that this two next two to three months lose that that last 20 to 30 pounds or will i be hard on myself to just say oh well i got this far that's good that's good enough i'm gonna eat 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 gain them 20 to 30 that i already lost off put another 10 on top of that and then say man i really could have you know send myself back into the state of oblivion so that's thing, things that that i would like to talk about i think that you know the last subject is what i want to really tie into this one is that you know, I think in the long run, we always we have all heard the story of the tortoise and the hare. And it's always cool to start off like a jackrabbit and, and move fast, do things quick, whatever. But I think the biggest thing is you have to you have to be the the, the tortoise. You it, it's it can be more beneficial to be the tortoise and just move at one speed and get more things more things accomplished by moving at that one speed than just moving fast and tiring tiring and getting tired pretty quick pretty quickly and so you have to keep that in the front of your mind and you have to keep your goals in your mind and keep them set and keep them realistic um, it's not always about massive goals i know with social media today we all want to set massive goals to have massive success um that creates massive uh impact but, you know, it's about setting goals because all the small things lead up to the large thing. If you don't first talk to the girl, then you can't date the girl. If you don't date the girl, you can't uh, get engaged to the girl. If you don't get engaged to the girl, you can't marry the girl. So everything has a process to it. And you have to take the steps in between just as serious as you take the end result. And so if you don't do those things, then you would be left behind or you'd be left with a lot of unfinished projects. I am talking to myself at this point as well. I have a lot, a ton of unfinished. I have unfinished products from like 2015, 2016. And you think about, we go through every year. We got 12 months out of every year. And those things could have been knocked out, knocked down. But also you have to add in we have to we have to limit not that you will be you can completely eliminate them but it's hard to do but you have to limit your distractions i know for a, a lot of people we all got different distractions i can say for me in the past my distraction has been the opposite six and so you know i've fallen off the wagon many times 
um, of what I was doing, things that were successful because I have gotten caught up in other things that I was trying to do um, and come and, and marry those two things and do what I need to do. And that is not always possible. Um, and so you have to stay focused on what it is that you're trying to do and you have to finish strong. You have to execute. And if you can finish strong, you can execute. Then the next year is yours. Now I know a lot of people, I grew up in church and ain't nothing wrong with it. Um, I know a lot of people in church and without and outside of church, you know, they have these things where they say, well, give yourself a word for the next year or give yourself this for the next year. And that's great. You can do that. Are you going to keep that at the front, at the front of your mind or are you going to toss it to the back? And are you going to put the work in necessary on top of that to do what you need to do? Meaning, are you going to just say, oh, I need to finish strong. And by May, you not even remembering that you need to finish strong. Oh, I'm looking to search and get stronger in my Christianity, my walk in faith. But then by June and July, you saying, man, bump that. I'm about to go out here and wild out, do what I want to do. Get loose, you know, so to speak. Because I don't, you know, I, don't, I ain't trying that serious about it. Oh, I'm going to wait on my wife or wait on my husband. Well, are you going to take the steps in between and be, um, and do it with intent to do that, those things for whomever it is? Are you willing to lay it down and sacrifice six months, a year, two years, or however long you need to do to get yourself in position to be the best version that you need to be for a partner if that's what you want? Because that's going to that's gonna tell a lot about your level of seriousness. That's going to tell a lot about your level of maturity. Because a lot of us talk. A lot of us do talk. But we're not serious. Same thing I say with business. I started Geek Physiques, which is now known as which is now known as Legends of Athletics in 2014. I rebranded to Legends of Athletics in 2019. Most people don't even know at that time what I was going through in the process of a rebrand. Many people don't even know at that point what I had and what I did not have. Are you willing to sacrifice and pay the cost to have success on the other side of whatever it is that you got to endure if you have to endure anything to get to that level of success? And this is the point that I'm talking to somebody. I don't know. I hope I'm motivating all of y'all, but I just want you to listen to what I'm saying. Are you willing to make the ultimate sacrifice in order to get the ultimate result, ultimate result of the things that you want? Over the past three to four years, I have been able to increase my net worth, my value, my financial situation because I was willing to pay the cost years ago. But if that seed was not planted years ago, it would not create fruit now. Even now, I'm willing to be humble. Every level requires a level of humbleness in order to accept the lesson to learn a lesson and to keep moving forward. If you are not able to do that, then you will be at the same level all the time. Some of y'all wonder why. Why do I always get tested with men? Why do I always get tested with women? Why does every time Christmas come up, I get tested financially? Because that's the same test. You're getting the same test every year until you pass. Life will continue to present you 
with the same test until you prove yourself at a mastery level to pass. That's the beauty of life. It does not progress you until you pass the test that you need to pass in order to get to the next level, the next step. Now, when you keep seeing yourself presented with the same thing, instead of crying, instead of putting your head down and wondering why, then you have to say, well, let me, what's the, if you can't figure out the lesson, ask whatever you believe in, I choose to ask God, God, what's the lesson in this that I need to learn in order to succeed and get to the next step in my life? That's what I say that you can do because he does say if you ask for wisdom, he will grant it. Ask for answers, he will give it. And that's what you have to do. But going back to the thing about sacrifices and the thing about lessons and things like all that stuff, it ties into itself. If you're not willing to pay the ultimate cost, then what are you willing to pay to succeed? It's no accident that legends of athletics grew beyond what I thought within the last two years of me actively get going out there, getting players and things like that. And even to this day, still having players inbox me about training, about coaching, working working out, and how even maybe how I inspired them to do things, things like that. Because you never know where you're going to start and where you're going to go and where you're going to finish. I know I've inspired way more people to do things than, they, than, than would say it. And I'm not looking for no praise and stuff like that, but I want to continue on that road of inspiration. And I will say this, and I'm gonna give y'all a little story, and we gonna we gonna close this thing on now, cause y'all got me. I'm about to start. I'm about to start preaching to you. But this thing is for real. When I created Legends of Athletics, I did not know that I would go through some of the personal battles that I went through. Some things I will share. Some things I won't. Because everybody don't have to know unless it's somebody close to me. Those closest to me know, but everybody doesn't know. I sacrificed a lot of my money. I sacrificed a lot of my time. I sacrificed a lot of my commitments. I sacrificed a lot of myself in order to to pour into that business and to get it to grow and to get it to, to get legs on it and to sustain. It was a lot of times. This is what Geek Physiques, this is what Legend. I'll tell y'all some of these stories. But it was a lot of times I went to training sessions. And I, I mean, I might I, I might ate one time for the day. And Lord knows I, I can stand to eat one time. I ain't going to miss no meals like that. It was a lot of times I went and I may have gone to, I know one time I went to South Haven, which is like an hour uh, and some change away from Tupelo with enough money for gas to get there and get back and didn't even get paid when I got there. It's a lot of times I went to training sessions and I may not have the best equipment because I, I couldn't afford it. I started Legends. I mean, I started Geek Physiques with literally a football. I didn't have any cones or anything. I started, but I, but I knew I had to start because that was something that was burning on the inside of me. And I would use schools. I would use the school equipment to do stuff. One video is still on Facebook. I think it's like the first video I did is on Geek Physique's page. I need to get it, save it, and move it over. But you can see on the video, no haircut, clothes wasn't matching. I ain't even had cones. And we did, me and the player did a drill in the sand. And I used sticks as cones. And that wasn't the only sacrifice that I had to make. I, I can tell y'all, at one point, I was training kids and didn't even have a car. 
I would train kids in the backyard. I would have kids, like, I know some would come and pick me up. Now, these kids in high school, shout out to y'all. Y'all know you can remain nameless. You know who you are, though. Would pick me up to go work out. I would get a ride to go to go work kids out. And that's the level of sacrifice that I would make because, to me, it's worth it. To me, it's something that I can see and I can say, well, if I can do this for one, well, God, I want you to prepare me for the many. And once I got to the point of, man, where I was training, I used to train maybe three months out the year, four months out the year. And then I got to a point where I was training 12. Then you look up, I say, all right, well, this is how you do this. What a full-time job. I'm like, all right, this is how you do this. And then you get to a point where you're training. You know, you got 10 consistent, 15 consistent. And then you start looking at the next offseason. He's like, oh, man, I'm about to get up like 15, 20 kids plus. And for me, that's where I top out. That For me personally, that's where I would top out at because I'm only one person. So you do have to set limitations on yourself to be realistic. Now, the money will start talking to you, but you got to be realistic on what you can do. But then you look at the impact on all these kids, and I still have relationships with all my kids. You know, they'll, some of them will text me, or I follow them on this and see they starting families, they graduating from school. Uh, we'll catch up if I see them out somewhere. Um, a lot of guys are doing great things and tell me the impact that I made, and, and that's what it's about. But you got to be willing to sacrifice something in order to achieve success in order to achieve greatness in order to finish what are you willing to do in order to finish if you give a little you get a little if you give a lot you get a lot what you put in is what you get out a lot of us sometimes we get lost in well <clears throat> I don't know why this thing keeps happening. I don't know why I keep getting this type of woman. I don't know why I keep getting this type of man. I don't know why the coach ain't playing me. I don't know why I can't ever get over the hump of winning this this game, this title, or beat this player. It goes to you got to finish and you got to set the standard. What are you accepting in your life? What standard are you setting? There has to be a marriage to excellence. There has to be a marriage to a high standard. There has to be a marriage to whatever it is you want in life to, to know that, man, when I go in this, it may not go, it may not go well. It may not be smooth, but I'm married to it. Meaning I'm married to it and it ain't no divorce. If I gotta put it all on the line, you put it all on the line. For some of us, man, hey, I'm not, I ain't gonna, I'm not Tim Grover. I'm not some of these professional. I'm not some. I'm not a professional. Some of these professional athletes. I ain't willing to put everything in my life on the line for. I'm a, just just being real. I'm not willing to put. You know what I'm saying? My if, if I had kids, my kids on the back burner, things like that, to to achieve, you know, the status that I want to achieve. Now, if that's what one thing I gotta pay, I'm not willing to pay that. And that's what you have to do to your, to to ask yourself is what am I willing to pay. Some guys are willing to put the family on the back burner, everything in order to achieve greatness. And you got to know every great person, success does leave clues. 
And every great person has had to put something on the line in order to achieve greatness. And greatness does not come without a cost. And I use the word sacrifice a lot, but basically sacrifice and cost are interchangeable. So going into this next year, going into 2023, we have to look at ourselves and take a hard look in the mirror and say, well, what am I willing to do? Am I willing to do that over a 12-month span? Can I finish it? Can I achieve my goals? Can I get 1% better each and every day? Can I do those things that legends do? And can I be legendary?